The world is ever changing and sometimes we just need a helping hand. Hey, it's one more about the Rama. New apps here, new tech there. It's all very exciting, but it's nice to have something you can count on. Like insurance from State Farm. ¿Tienes preguntas sobre tu seguro? Con State Farm puedes llamar a tu agente o conectar con ellos. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You ever heard the phrase, the more things change, the more things stay the same? And while we love the excitement of new things, it's also nice to have the reliability of something constant. Hey, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when it comes to insurance, State Farm is a good neighbor you can count on. Solo llama a tu agente. Another way State Farm helps is by supporting the creators and storytellers of the Michael Tuda Podcast Network family. Con la ayuda de State Farm, estamos ayudando y asegurándonos de que nuestras voces sean escuchadas. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Custard TV podcast. I am uh, your host, Matt. Um, Luke is away again. Uh, I, d- I just think we've stopped giving excuses uh, for where he is now. Um, joining me it, today, we have uh, two uh, very special guests. First of all, don't call it a comeback. Gary is with us once again. Yeah. Now, now, Gary, last yes. time you were on the podcast, um, we had a discussion and you said you weren't going to sing again on the podcast. That was a thing of the past. Yeah. Um, but since then, we've had a, a word with your HR rep, haven't we? We've 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 nailed down some some conditions. Yeah. Um, one of those conditions would you it would be a one off thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not happy been... about this. No, no, no. You know, this is under duress. I'd like yeah. you to know. And it, you'd right. only do it if I did it as well. Yeah, that, that's the condition. Okay. Yeah, plus okay, the money. Okay. Yeah, okay. So are you are you ready? Yeah, okay, ready. Are we in it? Two, three, three four. four. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to, to you. Happy birthday, birthday to, to you. Happy birthday, dear Sarah. Happy birthday to you. Your timing Happy is all out. I think it's the, I think it's the webcams. <laughs> Definitely blame the webcams. Happy birthday, Sarah! Hey. Thanks, guys. I believe is that right? Twenty-one, yeah. Bang on. Yeah. How did you guess? <laughs> Twenty-one guess. and some change. Not quite catching you up yet, Gary, but on the way. <laughs> As um, I say, it's the it's the twenty-first anniversary of my twenty-seventh birthday this year. <laughs> that's a nice and complicated way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> And and how are you celebrating your birthday today, Sarah? Well, um, apart from this brilliant present that you've had from me and Gary, just obviously. Yeah, it's great. It's lovely. Um, uh, actually, Jesus is rather getting in the way today. We're recording on Easter Sunday, so um, how dare he? I know he does this for every year. Shout but out to my day. shout out to my homies on the twenty fifth of December who have it a lot worse than I do. At least Easter moves around like by sort of six weeks or so. He doesn't yeah. personally annoy me all the time. <laughs> um, I am. I bought a present to myself and I'm going out to the Glee Club for a stand up comedy show later on. Um, and as we've chatted to each other in our little hi preamble, um, <laughs> 20 minutes has gone past. And I keep looking at my watch going, 
when's the next train? But it's fine. It's fine. I'm sure I'll get that. would be fine. If like Joe Lysett and James Acaster could just hang on a minute before for me to arrive. I'll be send nice. them a message. Uh, yes, uh, tweet them now. There might be a bit late. Don't don't start with that. Oh, it's her birthday. Also, who wants to arrive later? A stand-up comedy show that is. That that's the, Although, do we we don't really want them pointing it out to them that you're there on your own on your birthday because then you definitely will get picked on. <laughs> yeah, I know. But imagine if they try and pick on me, Gary. Imagine. True. Yes. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Uh, I think I think I think I think it would be more to their detriment than yours. Well, let's try and whip through this as quick as we can. Um, so we'll start by just going through the shows we are going to cover today. So we have got. Well, hold on, hold on. Oh, how, how are you, Matt? Oh, how, how are I? you, Matt? Nobody ever asked. Yeah, not bad. Oh, thank you, guys. This, you're pretty much the host of this podcast now. Really. I know, I know. Luke likes to say, oh, it's his podcast. He does you that know. funny joke about him being a runner every week, you know, and all of that. Yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah, it's uh, sun's out. You know, I've gone for some nice walks. And um, what about you, Gary? It's not bad. I had my one Easter egg, uh, a, a, a Cadbury's mini egg. Uh, literally, that is the only Easter egg I have had or am allowed this weekend. So, uh, but no, that's fine. No, and, and I've had to, yeah, uh, I took my niece to the park yesterday and um, and she um, she ran me ragged, that poor girl. I lost her about three mm. times. How old is she, Gary? <laughs> She's two. She has exactly the same yeah. birthday as me, which means I no longer have birthdays. Mm. Um, so, so same uh, age as my niece and she's a, a right, like, just... Yeah. You can't and, put and hold on her at all. Quite, so. quite the madam. She will not now sit down and eat. Eating is now a moving operation. So you give her a snack, it has to sit down. No. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. So her birthday is what, September? Is you, is o- your... October the October. 18th. Mark it down in your diaries, podcast lovers. Say, so that's yeah. literally a week. So she's a week older than my niece then. Is she three yes. in October? Yeah, she's yeah. three in October. Yeah. So that's, yeah, she's a week old. My niece is October 25th. Good month to be born in, I say. Yeah. As well as April, apparently. So if you'd like to celebrate Gary's 21 plus 27th birthday on that day, you know, where where should they send their cards? Uh, care of uh, Luke. I'm sure he'll pass them on. <laughs> he'll After shake he's... them for cash first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, the post office already do that. Don't worry, yeah. <laughs> on the show today, <laughs> uh, we have um, from ITV, The Thief, His Wife and the Canoe, which is the new... A uh, four-part drama about the uh, the canoe man scandal uh, from 2002. Um, Anatomy of a Scandal is uh, Netflix's new glossy thriller. Um, on Apple TV Plus, we have new anthology series Raw, and also from ITV, we have a new Saturday night dating slash singing show, um, Romeo and Duet. Uh, but first, um, we'll go to the birthday girl. Um, do you want to just quickly talk about your general scribblings, where people can find you? My general scribblings. Yeah. My general scribblings <laughs> are all on Twitter. My TV-specific TV-specific scribblings. Oh, your scribblings. myself now. Are <laughs> um, uh, on um, whynow.co.uk. Um, I am their resident, long-suffering TV critic, it seems, um, with always seven shows to watch that you might have missed the month before boy that's quite a lot of work it turns out um and i've written a piece about returning dairy girls um i've done a lot on bridgerton and period dramas and stuff at the moment um yeah it's all good fun 
Good. Yeah. Okay. And I'd ask if Gary has anything to plug. How was the Easter egg? Um, yeah. No, <laughs> uh, anything to plug? Uh, no. No. Okay. Fair enough. Um. On the website this week, uh, we've got some reviews of shows we'll be talking about. Uh, Milo has reviewed Raw, and uh, Nicole has reviewed uh, the Canoe Man drama. Luke has also reviewed the new series of Russian Doll, which is on Netflix on Wednesday, and we will be talking about that on the podcast next week. And we also have a new writer, Sam, uh, re- uh, doing a retrospective of uh, Brass Eye. Uh, and also, we obviously, the podcast is available on all your podcast apps of choice. So that is uh, Stitcher, that is Spotify, that is Apple Podcasts. If you would please give us a, a nice uh, rating and review, uh, that would be a nice birthday present for Sarah, would it not? It would. <laughs> and just say, we love when Sarah's on the podcast and, and when Gary's on the podcast and they might come back. <laughs> um yeah, so I will hand over now to Sarah to set up the first programme for us. Thank you. Sure. OK, this is um, The Thief, His Wife and the Canoe starting on ITV. Um, is it tonight? So tonight, so Sunday. Two days. So it's two Sunday, days Monday, Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So it's all... Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this feels like something that you would definitely, like appointment television so i'm a little bit disappointed actually that they're stripping it because it really feels like something that fits nicely in the sunday night slots so to the detail um this is eddie marzen and monica dolan um as the couple who i think people should remember because it wasn't that long ago well it was Um, 2002 so it was 20 years ago (laughs) no it wasn't i'm really sorry but i have to pull you up on your maths there again that can't be right (laughs) Um, So this is Anne and John Darwin, a couple from Hartlepool um, who were in so much debt, £64,000 just on credit cards, um, because he's basically a classic narcissist um, who just wants biggest, shiniest, most wonderful things um, to sort of pull him out of uh, poverty, I suppose, that he grew up in. Um, So... But he is, I mean, he's not a nice guy. No, not at all. Um, and I like how this is from his wife's point of view. Uh, she seems to be the more sympathetic character and the less easy to understand. Um, so this is, um, it's written by a friend of the podcast, Chris Lang. Um, and it's from um, memoirs that Anne wrote with the journalist who broke her story. Um, it's called um, Out of My Depth, which I think is great. Um, because this is the canoe guy and that's what I kept remembering it as because I think it's quite a long title but I was like oh it's the canoe guy show I'm looking forward to the canoe guy show (laughs) Uh, so this is the guy who basically faked his own death he got in his little canoe he went out into the North Sea um, and there was a massive search and rescue operation for him 60 people loads of police um, and uh, three weeks later um, he manages to return to his house but he's living next door with a nice little connecting room to his wife's bedroom um so that she can feed him breakfast every morning and it's mad and it's true and that's the bonkers thing about it because this is the kind of thing where you would be just so impressed with someone's imagination to have come up with this as a as a piece of storytelling but it happened um and i can remember um people being like interested at the time 
And then when it all came out, when they left Panama City, the journalists were hot on their heels seven years later. Um, I can remember it just being the most massive story because it was so unbelievable. Um, and I think that this is a little bit like landscapers. Do you remember what, that earlier from the year? Um, and how I think we were sort of not necessarily sold on it as a podcast team, but it actually got buttloads of awards. It, it um, was actually last year, Sarah. It was oh, was like it? December last year. <laughs> the the <laughs> time is, continuum just sort time of... Time <laughs> is meaningless. Um, so I think it's that ordinary beige, dowdy, down-at-heel people doing spectacularly crazy things. And sort of you can't help but be impressed by their determination and self-belief even if they're completely wrong-headed about it um and i think that even though Anne wasn't involved in this she was invited to be but she wasn't involved in this as such but because it's from her memoirs mm. it's quite a sympathetic telling of her story she does seem to be the person who is covering for her husband lying for her husband because he's quite a controlling character and even though in this episode especially he's playing Bear Grylls in the woods, um, he still seems to be in charge of what's happening. So I think it's very sympathetic and I wonder if that continues because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, if I find the performance to be particularly sympathetic. I hope there's a bit more to it than just a woman being pushed around by her controlling husband. But yeah, I was really looking forward to this and a little bit hesitant to watch it because I thought, the actors in this are brilliant. Chris Lang is brilliant. What if it's a bit rubbish? And it's not. And I'm very happy to report it is not. <laughs> but yeah, stripping it across the week is is very strange to me. Um, what do you guys think? Gary, you've just watched this. So what are your yeah, sort of I, immediate thoughts? Well done think, for battling against the ITV press. Yes, website, so thank you very I much hate. ITV in general. Yeah, I, I think I, I think when I started to have a look into like because I always try to look up now 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 that I'm a professional apparently uh, I look up the writers and the actors and I thought oh Chris Lang oh hold on a minute this will be good and as you say it is based on her memoirs she, you're right she comes across as, as a sympathetic character but then also they're kind of trying to make it out how complicit she was you know particularly the scenes with her sons where she barefaced lies to them about you know. I think your father is dead. And, you know, she lies. The one thing I found a little interesting at the beginning is, you know, they go, oh, no, yes, he is missing. And oh, there's no there's no problem with money, officer. Well, a quick look into his credit history would, would tell you there is. I mean, you know, and it must take them some time. This is also, if my memory serves me right, this is the couple that got caught because they posed for a Polaroid camera picture. Uh, that yeah, that's right. That's internet, right. Didn't it? So, I mean, yeah. they're, they're not set up as the world's, most clever people. I think you said it's opportunity rather than planning. And certainly the speed of the first episode, where basically in the first 20 minutes you go from, we're buying a house, we're doing it up, we're up in debt, I'm going to commit suicide and fake my death. It's like, wow, okay, quite a lot happened in that first 20 minutes. They're obviously going to focus on what happens next uh, rather than the setup of their lives. I, I kind of felt like this was a little bit, because I knew the story, maybe a little bit television by numbers. I don't know that I'm going to watch the rest. I know the story. I don't know that there's anything in there that's going to make me watch it. But it wasn't it wasn't offensive. The acting was good. The writing was OK. There wasn't a lot of great actors outside of the main two. I mean, I, I quite like 
um, Eddie Marsden. Yeah, yeah, Eddie, Eddie Marsden. If you've ever watched Ray Donovan, an American uh, crime drama that was on Sky Atlantic, he's quite good in that, and he's in quite a lot of their episodes. Um, and I only really remember Monica Dolan from W1A, really, where she was a completely, she's been very aged, I suppose, in this program. Appro- did you, you watched Appropriate Adult, didn't you, when she played I Rose did, West? but I didn't, I didn't remember her an awful lot in that. No, I mean, she I was very she, made up in that. No, I know, but yeah, again, she was very made up, so I didn't quite get the link. But yeah, I think, I don't know, there, there, there is a big history of good crime dramas being placed over bank holidays or Easter weekends. I will always go back to. And Luke will back me up on this. I will always go back to the Easter weekend where they showed. Uh, well, my gosh, now I've forgotten the name in true Gary style. <laughs> okay, come back to me. It'll come to me. Luke will keep this bit in. But like they did used to put. I think Luther used to be over Bank Holiday weekends. Yeah, I mean they do. I mean there's a doc. Is there not a Doctor Who on tonight as well? There is a Doctor Who on yes. tonight. Yes, it's it's recorded. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, it is, and I think that is why part of the reason it is stripped across the the weekend is because it is the bank holiday. You know, we've had the return of uh, Britain's Got Talent as well. I think that's yeah Saturday and Sunday. So yeah, and and I I would uh, sort of agree with you, Gary. Actually, I I found this um quite I I would use the word workmanlike to yeah. sort of describe this. Um, I think the. The, the issue I had with it is you say like true crime dramas, but this is the crime in this case is fraud. And we're having to sympathise with the fraudsters. And I think, you know, as you said, Sarah, it is sort of a stranger than fiction story. So that is the the pull, I suppose, the, the ridiculousness of the story. But I think it moved, as you said again, Gary, it moved really quickly. So like, yeah. Nine minutes in, we had the, um, I'm going to do this. Oh, really? Nine minutes? Nine minutes. Oh, yes, it was right before the first advert break. And I really yeah. like how he didn't say it on camera. Because he no. went, I've got the one sensible plan. Uh, and we were like, oh, we know what your sensible plan is. <laughs> <laughs> so it was um, almost, it was, I thought it was quite um, an interesting, uh, brave narrative decision not to have him actually say it. No. Because that's the whole point. You're watching this show because you know the story already or part of it. Well, at least. well you say that. But I, I, I again, I will point you to the fact that it was sort of 20 years ago. So in theory, there might be. <laughs> don't make that a face at me, Sarah. That there might be people <laughs> who um, don't remember it and don't know where the story's going. But I, I think the issue I had was, I mean, we started with the Luke special, don't forget, as well. We started oh, yeah. with uh, yes. seven wrote, years earlier. A voiceover and a seven year flashback. Yeah. We yeah. had the, the the thing with the voiceover for me was that it was sort of intermittent and we only use it when we need to explain some plot, really. I mean, they they did, as you said, Sarah, like try and get you on Anne's side by saying, you know, she felt sort of coerced into this. And that is her argument in court as well. Almost immediately we see how controlling he is mm. um, and how quick to anger he is and manipulative as well, because mm. she goes that's a stupid idea, you're ridiculous. And then he goes straight not to 60 and he's threatening suicide. Mm. And in voice- Well, no, that's when she says bankruptcy, isn't it? She says... Yeah, yeah, well, obviously yeah, we, she, we should he, file for he bankruptcy. Would prefer, he would prefer to kill himself than go bankrupt. Yeah. Mm. Which or is threatened to. I don't think he ever would A bit much. Exactly. And then we go into voiceover while she's holding him and he's upset. And I'm thinking to myself, 
I don't believe him. And that's basically what she says. She says, I wasn't sure whether to believe him or not, but <laughs> he's my husband. What am I going to do, you know, when he's when he's threatening this? Yeah. I think, I think they did a good job of that because the, the opening scene where she's kind of standing, staring, the opening scene in, in the northeast where she's standing on the beach, kind of staring into the middle distance. And then all of a sudden he calls her over to help him move the table. And he tells the removal men, oh, she's as strong as an ox, this one. Mm -hmm. That kind of tells you that almost from that beginning, that kind of controlling that he's got over of like, come on and, you know, come on, lift this table with me. And, oh, she's fine. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it it was quite, and I suppose that's, you know, it is all driven in this, in this episode by his actions. Mm -hmm. Though, again, she has perfect opportunity all the time to say, actually, she could have just said, I know where he is. If you're anything like me, you're booked and busy. From family duties and work responsibilities to catching up on your favorite shows and podcasts. Yes, like Wrestling with Freddie, with me, Freddie Prinze Jr. With all the responsibilities we have, it's always nice to have someone in your corner. That's why State Farm is there for you with your auto and home insurance needs, helping you protect the things you love and helping you save money. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. State Farm, proud sponsor of the Michael Tura Podcast Network. Life is full of surprises. Some good, some not so much. Hola, it's Honey. Hola, it's Carolina. Y sabes que estar preparado para cualquier cosa es importante. Whether that's in our roles as mothers, wives, businesswomen, or podcasters. On our show, Life in Spanglish, you know that being open to unexpected turns has been an important part of our success. Pero we can use some help. Oh, yes. La buena ayuda is welcome. Y si pasa algo, tranquilitos. Isn't it good knowing that with a State Farm agent, you can worry less because someone will be personally invested in safeguarding your goals plus they have the options to talk to a real person whenever a customer needs especially when those unexpected turns come up it's the personalized attention you can count on aprende más en es.statefarm.com como un buen vecino state farm está ahí rather than you know or i think i know where he might be she went along with it yeah she's always sorry she's always um to make it she leaves it for him it's his choice when she gets in the car with him and she's seen him for the first Mm. time in three weeks and he looks like you know he's been homeless for ages because he can't look after himself without and he's got that massive beard Mm. she goes are you sure this is what you want to do she keeps giving him moments to change his mind but of course he's not going to because he is the hero of his own story he's a narcissist i assumed he'd been on that gordon ramsay cooking program for three years (laughs) that's that's all i thought um yeah, we haven't seen him chop up a salmon with his have you, guys, have you guys seen or read The Day of the Jackal? Because that seems to be where he's getting yeah. all of his yeah. inspiration from. And I wouldn't be surprised if it is that kind of hero complex, as you say, you know, you, you know, he's got that kind of thing. Um, yeah, Day of the Jackal is a good shout. I forgot about that. But I, for me, I think it's, do we want to sort of spend time with these characters? Because to me, the... The most sympathetic characters are the sons, really. You know, they're the ones who are being lied to the entire time. We've got, obviously, you say we've got this narcissist and we've got this, the the wife who is saying, you know, she is being led by him and we are with her because it's her voiceover. It's, as you said, based on her memoirs. Um, and her whole argument was, I was being controlled by this man. None of this was my fault. I, I just felt that there was nothing there, and, and Gary's already said this really, nothing there really to hook me. There was some sort of good, mo- there was a really good moment I liked when 
she was on the on the seafront and there was like an amusement park behind her and like there was like a laughing clown like almost like mocking her i don't like that I thought that was a bit, I, honestly, I thought that was a bit much. I was oh, like, see, that's the bit I liked. I just, I don't know. I, I think you've got to be led by the story in this because I think neither of the characters are particularly likeable. So it's almost like this story is so mm. far-fetched yeah. that you need, you want to keep watching. But It's a, it's a page-turner, isn't it? Yeah. Also, yeah. no offence to Hartlepool and... Um, Seaton Caro Seafront, but uh, Seafront rather. But I am very happy to get to Panama with them because everything is really grey. They've done but a really I suppose, good. Of... I suppose that's that will be you know your cinematographer director of like mm. I'm going to show you how amazing it was in Panama, so I've got to show you how grey and horrible mm. the North. Yeah, they've done a there. they've done a really good job of of like seeing that sort of depressed mm. out season seaside town, haven't they? I, I do think that Chris has done as well as he can to try and adapt this and make it sort of an interesting story that you want to follow. But I think if you remember it the first time round, it's sort of like, can you can you dramatise it to make it eat any more sort of ridiculous than it was already? And, and, you know? and maybe this isn't aimed at those that remember the story. Mm. This is aimed at those you who know. didn't remember it or, are, mm. you know, weren't, you know, weren't. I was going to say weren't alive, but were too young to remember it. Uh, it Maybe it's not aimed at those of mm. us that actually remember this story. But I do think that's very difficult because it was a huge... I mean, yeah. they must, it must have been a very slow news month because this appeared to be... This must this must have been the top story on the news for about a month, I remember. And, and you're right as well, Sarah. I wrote down the sort of comparison to landscapers. But I think what this lacked a little bit as well was a, a level of levity for a story that 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 is that ridiculous i think they played it quite straight which i you know i i just think it needed that maybe that little bit of humor i thought that eddie mars and monica dolan were both fantastic i think you know they mm. are brilliant actors and especially I monica Z- he oh. especially was perfectly cast mm. yeah i mean she fine. she's obviously been done up a little bit to look like um and darwin um and it's her as i said it's her story really so she she leads it perfectly but again i i felt like i was being handheld from time to time like yeah at the start when we're in panama city and she they're having that chase with the press and then it's her voiceover saying i bet you wonder how i got here let me tell yeah. you <laughs> but i suppose nice I mean, i've not read the memoirs but i would imagine that probably comes straight from there because mm-hmm. again we're trying to find sympathetic characters. You telling me the paparazzi are going to be sympathetic? Mm. No chance. No, but I just mean the sort of do yeah, we know, yeah. that voiceover? Do, could we not just flash back to seven years ago and? Yeah, we could have done that. Yeah. We could have just gone straight into the beach scene yeah. at the north. Yeah. Right. You are right. Uh, yeah, but um, you know, I, I I can see why people would like this, and actually, I, I would disagree with you, Sarah. I think it's a good idea to have this on over four nights because it is that page turner as you said you know i think it's it works better if i don't think people would wait a week for the next episode that was that would just be my opinion but what do you uh, think but by, by, by the way it was messiah that i forgot earlier yeah i, I thought I it might be messiah because you shouting at his uh, his editing machine going, Carry it, messiah! Uh, so, <laughs> not, that's not an impression that's just a dramatization um yeah i i, I don't know I, I think we've already had the big ITV hub, uh, so I won't go on it again, ever, or ITV <laughs> hub. 
uh, and just say that, yeah, I think four nights is probably the right thing for this. Mm. Okay. Okie dokie. Well, um, as we said, this is um, would have been nightly, um, but it is, Gary, as Gary said, it will be on the ITV Hub now. Or Britbox. Uh, or Britbox. Um, so, yeah, so, um, and as I say, again, there is a review on the website from Nicole. We now head over to uh, to Gary, who will uh, walk us through the big Netflix uh, series of the week, which is Anatomy of a Scandal. James Whitehouse is an up-and-coming MP, friends with the Prime Minister, the golden boy of, well, we're not told it's the Tory party, but I'm fairly sure it's the Tory party uh, because of some of the things they get up to. Um, and he has a five-month affair with one of his researchers and this comes out in the course of the first episode uh he tells his wife played by sienna miller i've got that right haven't i yeah right yeah thumbs up got that right uh and uh, and and you know that's 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 what's going on there we also see quite a bit of a uh lawyer called kate dockery played sorry play, called kate played by michelle dockery who was in downton abbey see look i can do research so I'm not having an affair with an MP. Um, and at the beginning, it kind of looks like it's this kind of very drab kind of like MP has a fair wife, forgives him, does she forgive him? And you think the lawyer, because you don't get any connection, you think the lawyer is going to be like maybe her divorce lawyer. But then right at the end of the episode, after we go through the, you know, the meeting with the party whip, the meeting with the prime minister, all those things you might accept. We get this amazing scene, which kind of is obviously the twist and the opening to the story, where he is um, accosted by two um, MI5 agents or police agents who are want to speak to him about his involvement in an alleged rape. Now, we get a lot of um, flashback scenes with Sienna Miller and him um, relating back to their time at, I'm guessing, university based on the ages that they are in the clips. And right at the end as well, Michelle Dockery's character uncovers a case about James Whitehouse versus the Queen, of which we get no context. No, I think talk. that's the case. That's the rape case, isn't it? Like the, versus the Crown. The isn't cr- that well, I did say the Queen, I think. Yeah. I think you're right, actually, but it, properly it should have said the Crown. Yeah. Mm. But of course, that might, that, you know, we don't know anything more. That literally is the last few mm. scenes of the programme. Um, Talking of fast, this was very fast as well. As we mentioned with the canoe program, you're very quickly into it. You're very quickly. There's no build up. There's no setup. You're right into what's going on. And to me, it felt like a Shonda Rhimes drama in its way it was presented. You know, that kind of quick way, like Scandal, like um, de- uh, is it murder, the one where you uh, have to get away with murder. That very quite a quick paced drama where they don't want to dwell too much on characters. They want to get you straight into the story. I was a little bit bored at the beginning. I was a little bit like, I don't really know where this is going. But that ending did kind of make me want to come back for more. We talked about Page Turner. It had you at the end because it went, oh, that's interesting. And the fact that you had characters in the show that weren't yet involved in the main plot did keep me interested. Um, I do think Sienna Miller was a bit of a scene chewer. I don't get her, don't necessarily see her. I don't know. I mean, she's never done a lot of TV. I wouldn't say it's scenery chewing because scenery chewing would imply it's like a massive performance. It's very well, no, sort of reserved. But like, but like she's trying so hard to be the doubting, you know, to be the faithful wife that actually it's coming across as a bit fake. Mm. 
Yeah, that so she's disingen- the, the performance yeah, yeah. was quite disingenuous, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, the performance was yeah. quite disingenuous. And and what was interesting was that, you know, with all the flashbacks and everything, there's a lot of intrigue. But again, it wasn't there was no character stuff at all. You didn't learn anything about any of them. Um, you know, so they're, they're, I'm mixed with it. I'll probably watch the next one. And I'm intrigued to find out what you two think. Yeah, I mean, I I felt this was like a very sort of glossy draw. I mean, the, the way it was filmed was very strange. It was like... Yeah. Like someone had just sort of put a load of like gloss, like literally it felt very almost like very cheaply filmed. Like I know, Gary, you mentioned the Channel 5 films a couple of weeks ago when you were last on and it felt like it was filmed like that. They they kept blasting this weird pop song over the sort of like how the mighty fall and that was sort of blaring. It was obnoxiously loud music, wasn't it? Sorry, Grandma. (laughs) How old are we and then right at the beginning, <laughs> right at the beginning, there were those hazy images of mm. like frantic shagging. Yeah. And so within the first minute, I was wondering if it was a Channel Five show. It just yeah. happened to be. I mean, is a different it, platform. I, I I agree with you, Gary, that Sienna Miller's performance. She felt I don't know. She felt like she was trying to put this emotion into her performance, but it just didn't work. Yeah. I think that's what you were you were sort of going for. To me, the, the the sort of the the fact that it's adapted by David E. Kelly, it's almost is an American's view of British politicians, yeah. and I think that's one of the issues with it. I was, like, I was disappointed by the lack of tea drinking and uh, shots of Big Ben, you know, <laughs> and the the scene where the um, he's you know they're in Parliament and there's a member of the opposition arguing, and she makes a point of mentioning his affair. And she, he then comes back with a witty retort and she just sits down. She's like, yeah, fair There's enough. There's not That's a, a chance joke. that would be allowed to happen. The speaker would be yelling. They wouldn't even have put order. him out on the front bench for any reason. Mm. Until there was that an order. Blown over. But it was probably, um, you know, yeah, I, yeah. They're going for what they think British Parliament is, not what it actually is. Mm. Mm. The, the dialogue was horrendous. Yes. Um, it's rich people problems, which you know I hate. Mm. Sarah, was this a kitchen island drama? I think say? so. Very expensive <laughs> kitchen islands. Um, poor old Sophie. Yeah, quite sort of uh, beige, blonde, bland, bless her. She's doing her best. If I were her, I'd keep an eye on that living nanny. He can't be trusted. Yeah. He's a dirty dog. What's really worrying is that two or three times he was mentioned as the fitty of the government. And if that's the case, then this lot must look a lot worse than the current lot. My God. Um, Yeah. And I don't often I mean, a lot of the script stuff, usually I don't have a good ear for it. I let it slide. Um, But this one, I'm quite forgiving normally. But she said to her daughter, I'll call you when it's pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She like literally, no human being has ever said that before, or will ever say also, it again. Also, what is the nanny doing, not doing the pizza? I know. What's yeah. the point of having a living Sorry. nanny? You have to cook mm. the food. Sorry, Mister Imperialist. There. It's not realistic, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never had a nanny. Also, don't you think it's rather twee? Again, maybe it's that American sensibility, but it's rather twee that there might be any consequences at all for yeah. a Tory MP acting immorally. It's I mean, definitely this is, a work of fiction. Da- David E. Kelly, you mentioned there, Gary, Big Little Lies. His his other more recent work was The Undoing, 
So no, now yeah. Do you remember this time last year when Disney Plus launched all of their shows for adult audiences? Star. Yeah. Do you remember what we sat through? Their first ba, 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 triumphant show. Was it for The Big Sky? Was that The Big Sky? Yeah. Is that David Lee Kelly? And I know a lot of people really rate Big Little Lies. Fine. I wasn't, again, rich people problems, wasn't bothered mm-hmm. myself. But yeah. I will never forgive that man for I, making I didn't, the I forgot worst that. hour of television yeah. ever in my life. Like, there are Channel 5 dramas look stellar and deserve BAFTAs compared to that shite. <laughs> So when I saw his name was involved, I was like, uh oh. But I wasn't as bad lived, as Big Sky. He lived off the fame of LA Law right up mm. until he did another one uh, about Ali McBeal. later. Ali, Ali McBeal. McBeal. And then he lived off that until he got mm-hmm. to Boston Legal. Yeah. And he's had some stinkers in between. But um what I would say is that he, as you say, Big Little Lies and the Undoing, the sort of very put upon wives with the sort of sle- sleazy, slimy husbands is sort of his mm. bread and butter. So, and I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't write down the name of his his co-writer, but I believe she's an American oh, as well. Oh, hold on, is... I did that. Uh, Melissa James Gibson. Okay. <laughs> Thank, you, Gary. Wrote, Thank you, Gary. She wrote for House of Cards and your favourite, The Americans. Oh. There you go. I so was going to say all of the cards, deals should be mentioned, but, but actually, she sounds like she's she's done well. What's she doing with Get Out? Just don't don't partner with this guy again. Get well, out. You, you go, go, go on. I feel wrote the rest, so maybe it was like oh, I'll do this. I one. feel like I cut you off off anyway. Sorry, Sarah. I feel like we cut you off halfway through there. So no, it's just it's just rants. I can't believe that I had to watch <laughs> this again. I mean, it was it wasn't that bad, but. It was pretty bad. <laughs> like Gary like, says, we were, we were leading up to the last five minutes where it actually became a little bit more interesting. Mm, the the and, whole sort of Kate mm, the QC being dropped in and out of this story, doing nothing, getting wet in the rain, looking at some papers, eating a chocolate bar. Yeah, being, like being told, oh, it's Christmas. You have to yeah. enjoy Christmas. She kept yeah. drinking whiskey for some reason. She just constantly seems to walk out in the rain. Was it meant to be like one night that she was looking at the documents and she yeah, was? Yeah, I think I think you're kind of following. That was the problem. Was her bit was all shot in one night, mm. and there was no way of knowing how the other bits were shot because there were meetings and there were the next day, and then he did the press conference. So you're right. The timing is also out. I haven't all over the place. And and the the flashbacks that you mentioned as well, Gary, were like they were sort of weirdly edited oh. in, strangely shot. I mean, I th- the the I think the thing is will be that there's that girl we met we meet called Holly Berry who was born at Christmas, and um, who is of the, there's obviously going to be some sort of linked scandal there because she fancies him when they're all yeah. at uni and and. Something obviously there's a reason that they're showing us this. The the other link there as well is teasing something called the Libertines, which I think we're meant to think is like the Bullington Club, something like that. So again, you know, you're linked to saying it's the Tory Party. But it's, I mean, I think maybe if we were being fair to this and if this was better, we I might have said to watch the second episode because it it doesn't feel like the plot had properly started. Mm-hmm. It felt like you know this is the preamble. And yeah, actually, this is all background, isn't it? This is all yeah. sort of like when, family, domestic, 
politics background stuff. When we get everyone facing off, so when we get Kate facing off against James, that is where the sort of the fireworks I'm sure will begin. But I didn't think this warranted watching any more because it was just like I didn't like how it's filmed. I thought the performances were very poor. I thought it, it wasn't very well written. There wasn't a lot to salvage here. Gary, you were saying that you were sort of quite well, hooked. Would you watch more? I think, I think those last five minutes did make... I mean, and maybe because it was such a bad show up till then that maybe the last five minutes made me think, oh, maybe there's something in the second episode. But I'm just not sure. There, there is so much other better stuff out there that on reflection maybe I won't. But those last five minutes did kind of have a decent little hook. We started our company, Girls Who Do Interiors, before we even graduated design school. And we turned to Chase for Business to build along with us. They had everything from banking to payment acceptance to credit cards all in one place. And with the Chase mobile app, our business is wherever we are. It's made for business owners who build to inspire. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Real customers compensated. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member of FDIC. Deck your home with Blinds.com DIY or let us install Free design consultation Plus free samples and free shipping Ho, ho, ho! Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high-quality window treatments with no showroom mock-ups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to Blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop Blinds.com's Green Monday sale. Get up to 45% off plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Um, yeah, but like the full, full... Sorry, go on. Shout out to Joshua Maguire, who was doing his very best as sleazy politician sleazy assistant the spin doctor man he seemed to have a little bit of something about him but uh, it wasn't enough he was doing his best did he say something about having a sort of something with a filly was he the man who mentioned that Uh, no 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 that was there was um, an older politician oh yeah he took her out to dinner james took his wife out to dinner and there was this older politician and he oh boys will be boys you know and you know, and just I, that's why I got the conservative vibes because just you know, um, that whole honestly, idea. You are right because I think maybe forty minutes in, I think it might have been the prime minister himself who said that they were the Tory party. Yeah, but it was, and it didn't, it didn't need to be identified as that. It, it was, you know, that, that you. I, I'm fairly sure politics are not going to be the major drive behind this. It's no. going to be what he did, the you know, and what goes on. I don't think. You know, it, it, foreign policy is going to play a part in this. And there were so many awkward moments, uh, one of which I must mention is that painful Monty Python impression to prove that they really were old friends when uh, the Prime Minister arrives at... Um, oh, yeah. And the, how he's, he's sitting there eating Percy Pigs on his sofa, which is only slightly better than what Charlie Brooker did with his fictional Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> And allegedly a real prime minister in a pig. Yeah, maybe that—that's maybe that is a subtle reference, Sarah, that we just all missed to the David Cameron incident. 
I don't think David E. Kelly's capable of subtle references. It doesn't no, seem to be. I, I don't that. think so either. But yeah, you're right. The Prime Minister going, have you got some chocolate or something sweet? So this is all on Netflix. You can watch it all now. I think there's only six episodes. Which seems like a blessing. Yeah. Which seems so like I, a blessing. You know, this didn't yeah, look like a 13 or a 24. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe six episodes. Maybe it gets better. Don't know. You're right, it didn't look like 24 at all. No, no. <laughs> um, but the, I, I suppose the thing is, like with the, as we always call it, like the page turn of the airport novel, there will be people who will have watched this all over the weekend on Netflix, because again, yeah. it's the Netflix effect of what's new on Netflix. This and- is new on Netflix, six episodes, we could probably watch it over a weekend, and yeah. that's their model. It's certainly come out at the right time. It's had the right publicity, as you say, the right number of episodes. And as I say, having that hook at the end of the one will be like, oh, I'll just watch another one. Do you know what, though? Honestly, it was the last 10 seconds that made it interesting for me. Because that that physical reaction that we see embodied in that slow-mo fall like he's been punched in the stomach when those policemen talk to him. I was like, wow, this is quite stylish. Why did you save it for the last last 30 seconds? You're right, it is, isn't it? It's very And then then you heard... Comedy. That blooming song again. Oh, no, no, no. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> All the That's how it ended. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, we've done the singing, don't worry. Um, but yeah, so that is all on Netflix now. So now we move over to Apple TV Plus and their latest offering is Raw. This is an eight-part anthology series. It's based on a book of short stories by Cecilia Ahern. Uh, it is overseen by Liz Flaheev and Carly Mensch. Um, they are best known for Glow. Also, they worked on Orange is the New Black and Nurse Betty. Uh, we watched the first three episodes uh, for the podcast. So just quickly running through synopsis of those. Uh, the first episode is called The Woman Who Disappeared. Stars Isa Ray as a writer. She's recently sold the rights of her memoirs to Hollywood producers she goes out to Hollywood and gradually realizes that her ideas are going to be massively changed in the sort of the film adaptation of this. And as she tries to argue her point, she feels like she's being ignored to the point that she disappears, that people can't see when she's talking, when she's in um, queues at shops. And at one point she literally gets sat on by someone who doesn't see her in the seat Episode two is The Woman Who Eats Photographs. This stars Nicole Kidman, who plays a woman who is involved in moving her own mother into her house. Uh, Mum is played by Judy Davis, and she is suffering of the early stages of dementia. While clearing the house up, we have um, Nicole Kidman's character finding a lot of old photographs. And um, she, when she eats one of the photographs, she finds out that she absorbs the memories that... that of the event the photograph depicts uh finally in the woman who was kept on a shelf we've got betty gilpin um she is an, a model who then marries a wealthy man played by uh, daniel day kim most famously from lost uh she gets moved into his massive mansion and he presents her with a shelf uh, for her to sit on while he admires her beauty where where his uh, work desk is next to. Initially, she gets showered with praise, showered with gifts, but by and by she gets ignored by her husband to the extent that she feels she needs to escape from this shelf. 
um, and live a normal life. So those are the sort of the run throughs of the first three episodes. Again, I am fascinated by what Gary thought of this, so I'll go to him first. Well, the first one was very Black Mirror-esque. In fact, they all were. They had that kind of feeling. Um, you know, short stories. The first one doesn't even have an ending. It, it just kind of, you know, follows a certain pattern and then stops. You know, it doesn't have a conclusion. Um, I, I didn't mind them. And yeah, the, fir- the first one was probably the most intriguing of the three for me. The second one was just Nicole Kidman sings Australian hits of the early 80s. Um, there was that very. Well, wasn't she time. singing Dexy's Midnight Runners? Wasn't well, look, that I the? Up. That was a big hit in Australia in the early oh. 80s because she then goes on to sing In Excess uh, and stuff like that. Because, mm. of course, I think it's set in Australia, her one. Yeah. They never suck, but all three characters are Australian. Um, and the, the, the nice, inter- there was nice little interactions in that second one, as there were in the first one between little characters. There was, but you never get anything of them. You're, you know, they're only half an hour. I don't know whether you said that, Matt. And they, and they have this kind of like, they don't really stick to the kind of the beginning, middle, end format. They just kind of are almost like one scene of a program or maybe two scenes of something um, that, that move on. I don't understand why it's called Raw. Maybe one of you could fill me in on that. I have no it's, idea. I think it's the, because it's all female protagonists, is that I am woman, hear me roar, isn't it? I was going to do that. And I think, honestly, it probably would come better in my voice, given my ovaries, Matt. <laughs> I don't know. Let's try. <laughs> yes, Gary. It's, it's from a very common phrase often used by feminists and women generally. Um, I what? am woman, hear me roar. But you see, I think it's better that we don't go to gender stereotypes. So, you know, that's why I did it. The first episode (laughs) featured more on her ethnicity than it did her gender. I think that would be fair to say. But certainly um, of the stories, I found the second one hardest. Um, I'm currently going through a similar type situation of uh, dealing with somebody who's got dementia. And also uh, there is a recognised condition in eating disorders called PICA, which is where people eat things other than food. Um, so, again, that was a little bit weird for me in the, you know, watching her eat the photographs. Um, and I understand the premise of, you know, she was eating the memories, but it, it was also a bit weird. The third one I just thought was loopy and mad and I didn't like it. I don't think I'm going to watch any more, not because I now know what they're about, because I just think it. I, I may go back to them. But like Black Mirror or like any anthology type one, I feel like I don't need to watch them in order and I don't need to watch them all now. I mean, there is there's one that I thought you might be interested in, and I was considering it was Alison Brie as the woman who solves her own murder. That seems like it's on Gary's street the most. <laughs> that might work. Yeah. Okay. Um. What about you, Sarah? Um. I found the first one, the woman who disappeared, as the most difficult one for me to get into, and that could just be white privilege speaking. Um. I certainly understand um a woman's work being lauded and praised and then actually uh four identikit white guys with toothy smiles and glasses come in and they change it completely um but yeah like gary said that was the most annoying short story version because is it just microaggression not just that's not the right word is it microaggressions is she being ignored in this high-end shop because they're racist it, did the guy not see her because she's a black woman and therefore she doesn't count in this industry or genuinely, as we see in the mirror, um, is she disappearing? Um, and it, we never get a proper answer. And then she does um, sit with her friend on the doorstep of that party and he can still see her. 
Um, but is that because he's a young black man who faces a lot of the same problems in industry and in life? And then she goes, I'm going back in. But what's she going to do? He didn't see her either when there was the car. There was a point in which yeah, he didn't see her. That's right. So I got confused by that as well. Yeah. And I think that's it. I think they're trying to say, is this sort of like a supernatural Black Mirror thing? Or is this just one of these things that Black women and Black people especially just generally have to put up with? Well, that, um, that's what I thought, because the the Black characters tended to be the ones who saw her, the, you know, the, the Black men and the Black women. So it was more the the white characters who, who didn't see her. It, was, it wasn't 100%. That's what I'm saying is there was mm-hmm. a scene there. He was in a car to pick her up and he didn't see her. Mm. Yeah. The kind of the young assistant. And therefore it was like it was a little bit inconsistent. I yeah. The better thing would have been all the white people don't see it, all the black people mm. do, then it's more obvious. Yeah, I think that was it. They weren't going for obvious. And because of that, I didn't connect with it quite as much. I think um, the other two episodes that we saw, especially Woman on the Shelf, um, were much more sort of bang on with like, things that women do things that women take upon themselves maybe easier to understand i think um especially the woman on the shelf and i thought that was great because it made me think this morning like oh you you're always like on the shelf if like you're not with someone oh yeah you know she's on the shelf because she's single but then this guy put her on the shelf because she was a trophy wife so she she can't ever get off that shelf and that's what we see at the end where she thinks she's taking control of her life She's um, an independent businesswoman now. Uh, she's changed her life, but she's still sitting on that shelf to welcome customers into her shop. Um, I thought that was really good. And I was never I'm never the one who's going to enjoy like the musical sort of song and dance moment. But I thought that was really good, actually. I think it really worked at the end of that to sort of show her finding her joy again. And I can't believe that she was on that shelf for three years. But there we go. Um, I think maybe these sort of like Black Mirror style um, sort of like magical realism things aren't for me because I was just sitting there going, how does she eat? How does she go to the toilet? <laughs> yeah, so I, <laughs> I think maybe I'm a bit too well, literal. Like, 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 it can't be very comfortable to sleep up there. There wasn't that much room, you know, like, why did you fall off, you know? As she you say, to stay quite fit as well, so she must have been exercising up there as well. She was, she was doing yoga in one seat, mm-hmm. you know, so I mean, yeah, yeah I it wasn't a show that's going to make you, it was a show designed to make you think, but not about logical things. It was designed <laughs> to make you think about, the, as you yeah. say, the, the, the big picture stuff, you know, what, what they expect. The metaphors. Of, rather the metaphor, than... thank you. Yeah. yeah. But then, you know, I am quite a detailed person, so therefore I was annoyed by some of the lack of detail in some of the episodes. What about the second one? The second the one, I liked story. that. I think Gary and I maybe have this in common. Um, I've got a dementia diagnosis in my family as well. I was actually quite jealous about how with it that her mum was. I'm like, well, it's not, it's still quite early days. Um, but I really liked that idea of photos as time travel um, because she saw that ice cream in the photo that she's holding as a child and it was so appetising to her that she put it in her mouth. And that kind of bizarrely makes sense, you know? If that was a delicious photo and you were worried and sad and you were desperate to get back there, you might try it. And then this, she has this magical moment where she's literally back as a child holding that ice cream again. And she's holding her fluffy cat that everyone in the family hated apart from her, you know, and it's so comforting. Um, and 
in the way that she wants her mum to be safe and surrounded by her memories she's doing that for herself as well but I thought it was it was so weird when she was like oh yeah now these photo albums are pretty much empty like how do you go I've been eating the photos which she actually does to her very her very dependable husband um who's the yeah. mentalist mm. yes like out of neighbors or home and away years ago and then I think I think they explain themselves very well because this one isn't left to the imagination so much because they talk about it had an her fear of the future not being a daughter anymore because if her mum can't remember her then is she and not liking her mum anymore and then she talks about her, if her children are getting older she doesn't need to be a mother anymore and therefore what is she how does she define herself and then that really sad point which is uh, actually a campaign on the internet um, of mums getting in front of the camera and not being behind because there are so many mums who are not even present in their own family albums because they were always the ones taking the photos. Um, so I think that spoke most strongly to women. Oh God, women of a certain age, is that me now? <laughs> <laughs> but that was the one that seemed to have the most to say and it had, it didn't, huh, it didn't force any of it down your throat. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> and I I think it I think it helped as well that that was the longer one as well that was the longest one that was almost 40 minutes whereas the other two as Gary said it was just sort of half hours sorry Gary I don't think it felt like the longest though. no no but I think yeah. that it had more time to develop <laughs> and um, so, they had the quirky moments. They had the singing along to the radio moments. They mm -hmm. had the her mum being a bitch. You know, they, they had the levity, but they also had the time to, and to I, tell I the story. Like, I quite like the sons. I know you didn't get a lot of the youngest son, but he's oh, one. it was yeah. so adorable at the end. Yeah, yeah when they were playing, super playing the sort of game and how yeah. they told not to use the word remember. Mm. I just thought, I mean, I say there were a couple of moments I was like, oh, okay, that's a bit close to home. But yeah, I liked that uh, part of it. As yeah. I say, the third one. I, I think, yeah, I, I think I'm on the same page really as as um, Sarah is in terms of that. That episode to me was the one I watched them out of order. So I watched that one last of the three. And that was the one that sort of spoke to me. And, you know, I think we're all in the same boat as we know, like a relative who has had dementia and definitely the Judy Davis character is in the early stages they've made that at the point they've made the decision that she can't live independently anymore we need to move her in with us so we can we can look after her and you know the, it, it is a bizarre thing the the eating of the photographs but you you get quite quickly that the there is a reason for that that she is now the keeper of these memories because her mum can no longer remember and there's that element as you said of the empty nest syndrome as well that her son is her older son is very eager to move out so he, he can be with his girlfriend and have lots of sex as they keep saying throughout the episode yeah. um and i did enjoy the sort of the interludes of the dexie's midnight runner song i think that sort of that was a good you know when they when an episode uses music and they use that in the flashback as well when she was they, you know they missed a big trick though one of the characters should have been called eileen <laughs> they did thanks, miss a thanks trick. for that gary thanks gary um the the other two episodes, I think I'm agreeing with you in terms of the the abruptness of the ending of the first episode with with Isa Ray. That 
I, I liked the bits where you sort of were with her that this sort of the, this disappearance, this really sort of visceral feeling of having your life shown to you in virtual reality as well when they're showing you the... that was fully black mirror wasn't it they're all walking around a party with their vr headsets on looking at her life and not looking at her like complete they cannot yeah. see her because they're so involved in this terrible moment from her life which she's now sort of putting out there into the world and and because it's her memoir and now she's obviously having second thoughts about it but it's too late well, what I actually loved in that bit was the irony of the fact that she was worried that they would, you know, they wouldn't answer the question about who will play we. So she had that thought that, you know, they'll probably rewrite it as someone who's not black, who not looks like her, you know. But then actually the VR gives you the most in-depth insight into what actually happened than you can actually ever get in a television show. That they actually got it right. But of course... You only realise that right at the end when they're showing you the VR. They actually put you in her position more so than they could ever do in a television program. Deck your home with blinds.com. DIY or let us install. Free design consultation. Free samples and free shipping. Free, 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 free. Ho, ho, ho. Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high-quality window treatments with no showroom mock-ups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to Blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop Blinds.com's Green Monday Sale. Get up to 45% off, plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay. Then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off, and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. Yeah, and I... But then I think life is entertainment, isn't it? And so mm. she's... Oh, yeah. She's, she's really... When we first meet her, she's really... Um, she can't believe her look. She can't believe her success. But also she's not enjoying it because she won't let herself enjoy it. And I think she's she's backtracking. She's backpedalling. But she can't because these stories are out in the world now. I did like that little bit where, you know, she cancelled the Beverly Hills Hilton and booked herself a little, little flat or a little house. Um, and then Airbnb, wasn't it? Airbnb, yeah, Airbnb. But I liked that idea that, oh, she. You know, she thinks she's going to walk everywhere. How very New York, you know, the difference yeah. of East Coast and West Coast America. Uh, but I, I think as well, maybe the, the sort of the narrative trappings of it being adaptations of stories. Maybe that's where this, the, the original story ends is with her going, I'm going to go back in now. So maybe... stories do that, do they? They, yeah. always, they always go, right, this is it. We want you mm. to make up your mind about what you think happened. Mm. But you know, I, I actually quite like a bit of hand-holding. I'd be like, no, mm. please, tell me. What does she do? Does she steal things? Does she break things? Well, like, does she if, make if this was on ITV, then you would probably have got that. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like the the only the only two other Uncharted shows that come to mind. You don't get that in Inside Number Nine. You don't get that in Black Mirror. You get beginnings, you're middle. You're doing end. some Black Mirror, Gary. You're doing some Black Mirrors and you're doing some Inside Number Nines. You do. You don't get solid endings not, not on all of them. No, not but I, and I, I, but again, they're made straight for TV, aren't they? They're not adaptations. That's what we're saying. Um, I actually went on uh, um, to watch and the, if you're interested. Okay, which one did you watch? I um looked up what was you know what was to come, and I chose the one with Merritt Weaver in it because she's marvelous and she can't do anything wrong. That the one with the ducks. She's, she's brilliant as well. Yeah, she's a woman who goes to the park every day. She's a bit lost in her life. She's not sure what to do um, with her future. And she ends up in a relationship with a duck, an actual duck. As you do. Amazing performance. Does, by any, does anyone in the episode call her quackers? <laughs> no, sadly not. <laughs> it is, again, if there's humour in it as well, but there is um, essentially, like spoilers, um, it becomes an abusive relationship. Um, and it's it's beautifully done and you when she's talking to this guy who's a duck he he's so charming and he makes perfect sense and you can you this sort of snap when he changes to be a total jerk and he says things like oh yeah I'm a jerk but you love it you know and then you're like hang on a minute and you can see how insidious it is and um Jason Manzukas from The Good Place comes to help her it's really uh, good, actually. It's one of those things that's going to sit in my head a long time. Just the duck. So, would you, are you going to sort of watch the other ones? I think I will. Yeah, especially because we know the quality of the writing team behind it and um, the actresses to come. I think it's really interesting. But like you say, with these um, anthology series, it's and short stories collections in general, there's, there's always going to be hit and miss. Gary, do you want to end on the duck pun that you were going to do? Well, no, I just, I just realised when you said glow, because of course the woman on the shelf was the lead actress. In with Betty one. Gilpin and Alison. Then Alison Brie. Alison Brie, Merritt Weaver from Nurse Jackie as well, who they've worked with yeah. before. So there, is, there are actresses that are used to working with. I'm not sure if they worked with Issa Rae before as well, but, um, but yeah, obviously awesome. Nicole Kidman, very much the big the big name here and obviously gets the executive producer credit as well um and possibly had dibs on the one she wanted to be <laughs> probably as well um unless that was just set in australia and they thought we'll get an australian actress in it'd be interesting to see if they sort of supplanted that to australia for nicole um but yeah they're all on apple tv plus now and it's just interesting to see the sort of the diversity of apple tv plus and the sort of interesting things that obviously we watched slow horses a couple of weeks ago and that you know how different this is to that and then we got yeah. like we've had the ptolemy gray and um the after party sure. severance a lot of different things this year they are um, playing so yeah so uh, mm, and, and they're giving and just, us a lot of stuff to watch oh just sorry, to end uh yeah sarah so the duck episode <laughs> what you could say is towards the end he doesn't quite fit the bill Oh, Gary, you could say that, but I wouldn't. <laughs> Thanks very much, everybody. <laughs> See, are you going to hear a joke as good as that? As it peaks now, the joke level. You know, you, you, you go yeah. to see James A. Custer and Joe Lysert, but What's Sorry, guys, I've already seen Gary tonight? today. <laughs> We're moving on to the fourth show. There's plenty of jokes to come. Uh, 
Oh, are there really? So yeah, so um, from the sublime to the ridiculous, we have, uh, so ITV, now we're coming to sort of the spring, summer, we've got the return of Britain's Got Talent. Um, the lead-in to Britain's Got Talent is a brand new dating slash singing show, hilarious, hilariously or cleverly titled Romeo and Duet, which made one of our guests last week laugh a lot i think ironically um this is also um sort of oti mabuse's first hosting gig as uh, she's sort of been lured over to itv now she's not going to be a strictly professional any longer she's already done some judging on the masked dancer and on dancing on ice not quite sure why they've got her fronting a singing show seeing as she's a dancer but there you go um, she is essentially playing Cupid here for a bunch of singletons. We've got four contestants arriving, hoping to find a love match. They are not able to see their prospective dates, though, because they've uh, inherited the old blind date screen uh, to keep things separate. They'll only be able to hear them sing a song and judging on voice alone, they make the decision whether to step off the balcony that they've been given here go down the illuminated staircase and stand on a heart to um, reveal their new love match. Once the couples have been matched up, they then go backstage to learn a song together, which they will then sing in a sort of four-way sing-off at the end of the show, with the audience deciding not who the best singers are, but which couple has the best chemistry in their duet. The winning couple then will uh, get a second date courtesy of Virgin Activities Day, as Oti uh, put it in there in the in the uh, the press, the sort of intro. Um, so I will ask your opinions in the style of um, Oti introducing the contestants. So wherefore art thou, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only I'd known, I would have found a, a perfect Shakespearean quote for something like, I am very far away on the other I side, <laughs> as far away as possible as I can get. That one. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so weird to see people acting like sort of mating birds trying to impress each other with their voices. <laughs> it felt like maybe it was more of an Attenborough thought of thought documentary. Um, poor old Oti, she's trying her best, but she's about seven miles away from every contestant. We assume for COVID reasons, um, but maybe it's in her contract. I don't know. Fair enough to her. Um, and she gets about 0.8 seconds to try and give them an interesting backstory. And there's no time to develop any banter. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Even in Baz Luhrmann's version of Romeo and Juliet, I don't remember Romeo's solo beneath Juliet's balcony. <laughs> Juliet and the Illuminated Staircase. That might have been in there, to be fair. I mean, the Illuminated Staircase is great, and I expect everyone doing a a version of Romeo and Juliet to have an Illuminated Staircase. Is it too late to get one in your new house? Never too late. Never too late. There's an electrical fault, you know. I'm going to pop straight to B&Q. The duet date is very superficial. How can they get to know each other or like each other if they're just learning a song together? Also, in that final moment, when the audience votes for chemistry between the couples rather than singing expertise, I said to myself very loudly, and I think I scared the cat at this point, 
what is the point of sitting through all of the singing? <laughs> yeah, I did feel well, a little cheated by this. <laughs> I don't know why I'm defending the show, but I think that <laughs> the point was that the the singing aspect was to lure the the, the picker. Um, <laughs> So it was like what I like in the singing, but I don't know actually. I don't. I got I got bored halfway through that. But... We're trying to ascribe some logic to this, and maybe it it isn't there. So Gary, if music be the food of love, this is a bad dinner that gives you gout or diarrhea. My very good. What trash have you put me through? No wonder Juliet wanted her name taken off of it. This should well, be on we ITV. All know that... This should be on ITV9, not ITV1, okay? <laughs> this is dreadful. Otimabusi can't clap in time, which was a big problem. None of the songs <laughs> were that, that recognisable to a... None of the songs were that recognisable to a 48-year-old man, I have to be honest. Mm. And as you say, what would have happened if he, if the male or female had said to the opposite male or female, or female or male, I don't like any of them. What would have happened? You notice that every single one of them picked one of the three that they got. But they were, so there, there were no four point. options. So if you were number four. Yeah. No, there were three, weren't there? <laughs> no, there was, I'm sure there was three options per picker. Yeah, there so was never, three. They never went over three. No, but I thought, they were, I thought they could pick from a potential of four. Oh, I Maybe the fourth option that. was I can delete this from my CV and never be seen on television again. <laughs> I don't know. Guys, just in ju- listening to Gary's diatribe, which yeah. is absolutely justified, mm-hmm. I can't help but remember what happens at the end of Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah. I want to kill die by yes. suicide. <laughs> Why didn't they do the decent thing and commit suicide? No. Okay. <laughs> Um, where, where, are, where, are, where are the redeeming features of this show? I can't find any. <laughs> uh, bless Oti. You're right. She's a trier. She was. She was, she was this, is so the, this is so the wrong format for her because of the reasons that Matt Eitler outlaid. She was, she was watchable on Strictly and OK on the, um, the, 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 the dancing programme because she talks with some authority. Here she's, I mean, poor, I mean, Will Shakespeare's, spinning in his grave and so silly um you know and there's, there's not going to be any weddings but i could certainly see a few breakups on jeremy kyle that the, they had no time to have any chemistry and as you say the, the the idea that your first date is i picked you randomly and now we have to sing a song together i mean my goodness you were the oh. least worst singer oh god and then it was so brutal it was almost as bad as when people say no on naked attraction the reason for saying no to yeah. you is a million polite, slightly polite, trying to be polite ways to say that you're a bad singer. As you say, this felt like a hodgepodge of we need a singing show. We want a dating show. We like the bit of blind date. Let's get a clever pun in that. It felt like television badly commissioning 101. Yeah, T- television by panel. Fun. Yeah, exactly. And that panel yeah. should be made to watch that programme from here to eternity as pets. Well, like like Clockwork Orange style with like... Yes, with their eyes stapled open. <laughs> right, OK, so I've got a question for you because this is what I was going to do. I wasn't going to ask for any sort of Shakespearean quotes. What I was going to ask, though, and you've got a few minutes to think about this. I'm sure Luke won't mind yeah, you yeah. on the nerve for a little bit. But what would your song be to impress a sexual partner? 
Um, so if any of us pick the same song, I'm afraid I think we have to go out on a date. I, I, I know mine. I know mine right now. Mr. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mr. Bombastic by Shaggy. Yes, that's terrific. Come on. I mean, my mine, well, my go-to sort of karaoke song, which would work quite well here as well, is King of Wishful Thinking by Go West. So oh, I think that's, that's quite sweet. That I like that. Um, you'll be unsurprised to know that I've gone with comedy answers. So I would either sing uh, Break Stuff by Limp Biscuits, Yes. <laughs> Bad Touch by The Bloodhound Gang, or Closer. And if you know, you oh, know. Yes. It was oh, the first song that popped into my head while I was watching this. Yeah, I don't, so I don't think, know what that says about me. <laughs> I don't think ITV would. Uh, that might have been something from the word back in the 90s, but I don't think yeah, ITV That would. will be. Um, should this ever get recommissioned, if they do a version after dark, that's what those songs will, will come up in. But the, this is the thing. I mean, like, <laughs> a, a, the song choice. OK, I'm the wrong age demographic. I know that. I didn't recognise the first five songs. Mm, no, I think I recognised. I could sing along to one. I think that was it. I can't. I mean, I can't even remember what they were now, but I no, think and I that's knew. The thing. I mean, that that's the whole point of it. They don't know whether they're a singing show or a dating show, mm. so they've they've gone roughly down the middle of both. And um, also, your your duet date, you'd have a third person there. There was someone playing yeah. the piano and coaching them. Mm. That's not it, a very sexy date. I mean, it wasn't really a date, <laughs> was it? It was just a let's a prepare for the final part of the show. <laughs> Yeah. See, if they'd had the piano player dressed up as a gooseberry, I would have thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys have basically said everything that, that's worth saying about this. I mean, for me, I thought OT felt like she was quite wooden. I think, like, she seems like a lovely girl, and I think when you see her for five or ten minutes on Strictly, she's probably the one with, like, the most personality, and it comes across in those, like, 10 minutes but asking her to sort of fully host a show on her own might have been a bit of a stretch maybe also, she need... like like you were saying this isn't in her wheelhouse no. this is this is adjacent to her normal job not yeah. not it's not a dance dating show maybe she needed a co-host like you know we were talking about the wit the weird wim hof thing last week and um, we had Holly Willoughby with Lee Mack, so maybe she needed like someone who's a bit more experienced at hosting to sort of lead her through it a little bit. I mean, if Stephen Mulhern isn't free, then I don't know what's going on in the world. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't play it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he just sort of lives at ITV, doesn't he? ITV yeah. Towers. I mean, the the um, the press uh, pack describes Oti's irresistible warmth and enthusiasm, which I didn't see... <laughs> <laughs> Any of <here>. <laughs> Um I mean, there was the, the first guy said like he was a trainee therapist and she looked about as interested as like if she was waiting for a bus and someone came up to talk to her. But yeah, I, I unless you're wanting to watch Britain's Got Talent and you just want something on in the background, I got no idea. I'm assuming people that watch this probably can't use their remote control today or something. The batteries are run out and they didn't say. They wanted to watch Britain's Got Talent and therefore they <laughs> risk changing the channel so they couldn't change it back. Yeah. Again, ITV Hub. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what, my goodness, can you imagine watching this on the Hub? <laughs> oh, my word. Or Saturdays at six o'clock, I want to say. Don't watch this. Go out. It's nice. Go out, people. Spend an hour with your family. 
don't watch. Even if it's not nice, go out. Just yeah, anything else. Take an umbrella, go out. Watch the actually Saturday Night TV recommendation, the top of the pops documentaries from about oh, the nineties yes, on. Yeah. There you go. Watch them. The ninety-five. I watched the ninety-five one this morning. That was brilliant. Mm, yeah. Lots of good stuff on there. I played. Bit, bit of cast, bit of lightning yeah. seeds. Skin. Skin. Sleeper. Something. Yeah. Sli- oh, sorry. Was she one of your crushes from back in the day? Sleeper CD player. I have got. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that that's uh all of the the picks today um next week we will be talking about the returns of better call saul and russian doll um as well as a new steve coogan comedy chivalry um do we want to just plug our twitters quickly sarah birthday girl Oh, me, because I'm actually on Twitter, <laughs> whereas a few guys are less so. Yeah, um, yeah I'm at Sarah Hamstera for um, TV ramblings and any old shite, really, to be honest. <laughs> Anything that takes my fancy to uh, to be more polite. And if you want Gary's insights about Tottenham. Yeah, Tottenham uh, and uh, anything irrelevant like that at the Gary show. And um, I'm not on Twitter, really, but at Matt's TV Bites. Um, the site at Luke Custard TV and Luke's own Twitter at It's Luke Knowles. Um, yeah, so thank you for listening to this installment of the Custard TV podcast. We will be back at the same time next week. Goodbye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realize that they're not alone. Search the Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. Deck your home with blinds.com. DIY or let us install. Free design consultation. Plus free samples and free shipping. Ho, ho, ho! Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high-quality window treatments with no showroom mock-ups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to Blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop Blinds.com's Green Monday sale. Get up to 45% off plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.